Oracle, how you doing? I'm good, Connie. How are you, Matty? Yeah, very well, very well. Uh, what uh, what's been happening with you? Uh, did you have a good weekend or? Yeah, we flew back from Tassie, landed uh, Saturday afternoon, so I missed half the races, which was quite disappointing. Uh, I got off the. I landed obviously, and you boys told me that Balana got up, which was quite nice. And then, um, then kind of copped the the Brisbane heat compared to what we'd copped in Tassie, and then got myself ready for for work on Sunday, and then back at it. So it's, yeah, it's been first week back at work. It's been pretty easy, which has been nice. So it hasn't been a full full on week for me, which has been good. Yeah, it sounds like a nice little getaway, anyway. Perfect. Exactly what I needed just leading into Chrissy because I know it'll be with a lot of people going away in my team. I'll be covering a lot of people. So it was a nice little refresher leading up to that Chrissy period, that's for sure. Yeah, nice, man. What did you think of the food in Tassie? Oh, it's the best. Yeah. Everything is so fresh. The vegetables are awesome. Like just every – I don't think we had a bad meal. Like if you had a look through my wife's Instagram page, the little foodie page that she's got, it was just – you could just have a look at all the meals we had and that every, every single one of them was awesome. I couldn't fault it. Yeah, I'm going to have to have a look at that because I, I, I thought the food was great there too. Oh, it was ripper. I think the best meal we had, it was a weird experience, was um at Mona, you know, that museum of yeah, new, yeah. new, whatever they call it, or old and new art. Yeah, how good is it? Um, oh, it's awesome. I had a great time there. I, I kind of wanted to hang around a little bit more but um, – a few people, well, the couple that we were with kind of wanted to, to move on, which was fine. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we ate at this, tar- I think it was called Taro, down down like on the water in this building. And the food there was just spectacular. But it was like a weird thing. Like we'd heard that they were putting on a show. So we thought, oh, it would be like a, a band or something like that. But it was a full like artistic show. Like there was this bird walking around just like blank face, just doing weird stuff throughout the whole restaurant. Like there was when a one you say point bird, do you mean uh, like a woman? Sorry, a woman. I probably <laughs> say bird. I was picturing like um, a, a big woman. Crow or something. Yeah, a woman was just walking around, and then at one point we watched her, and she just stopped at a particular table and just stared at them for like thirty seconds, and we were like, "This is just so odd." And then like, yeah, it was a weird experience, but the food there was just top notch. Like we'd go back there in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah, I think we had a nice feed there too. It was like just a pop up thing. We were there during the week. Um, yeah, and we're just getting on the beers. We actually ha- we actually went there on the mushrooms as well. Oh, that really- would have been a- <laughs> it was, interesting. It was really fun. It was so much fun. We actually got stuck uh, for a little while on this machine downstairs in the in the um, museum or whatever you'd call it, and it was like a yeah. beer, a beer. Um, it was like a random beer game where you like put yeah. you like pay for a beer and then you pull this thing and then it like randomly gives you a beer. Oh, and we, really? Yeah, we found that pretty exciting. That, that's cool. I didn't even yeah, know that was happening. It was good. It was good. And then, we, then you could just uh, – oh, you couldn't actually take beers around the place. You had to drink them down the bottom. But there's so much In cool that, shit there, like, and the interactive oh, stuff. Yeah, and it was a lot – I don't know, like, I'm not a big – like, I don't appreciate art and I don't understand it great, like, a great amount, but – I thought it was really cool, like to see all the different things. There's a few weird things going on down there that I kind of was like, "Oh, that's that's definitely weird." But yeah. then there was some other cool stuff that I really enjoyed. Found that that like artificial digestive system really, really weird. Oh yeah, yeah, kind of, oh, kind of disturbing. Hey, oh, it was weird. And then the bloke, the scientist or whoever he is, came out when he we we watched the feeding. We didn't hang around for the the actual. You know, I guess the shitting part of it. So that was kind of good. But yeah, we watched the feeding and then the way he spoke about it, he was a bit of a creep to be honest. Like I found it so weird. Yeah. He was probably, tr- he's probably, probably trying, he's probably part of his act being a creep. Kind of fits well, the whole th- the exhibit. It does. Yeah. But I just definitely. walked in there and there was just shit it on there. I didn't get to see the feeding. It, uh, it smelled pretty weird. Oh, didn't it? Like mm. even without the feed and the feeding or that, the shitting episode, it was still a weird scent going on. So I don't know what kind of acids and stuff like that they had going through those little chambers, but it was certainly odd. Yeah, and the stains and stuff on the um, on the like vase <laughs> things, like as oh, well. I was just yeah. looking at it, picturing like my insides, just like oh, that's so gross. <laughs> yeah, I thought the same. Hey, did you before we move on? Did you go into this? We almost didn't do this. There was like a line for this one part. 
and they yeah. didn't really tell you what it was and it was like a little round thing in the middle of this room and you walk in a door and then it kind of like walks you down in in like a really dark sort of spiral and then you get to the bottom and there's like just this hole with people talking to you so you're like kind of in the dark and you step into this hole and um there's people talking to me but you don't know where their voices are coming from oh yeah i know i we didn't oh i didn't end up doing it because i had i had the baby strapped to my to my chest so oh, yeah. anything weird or any of those kind of light show stuff i kind of avoided just <laughs> so poor little nola didn't um didn't have like a fit or yeah. anything like that going or we all got overwhelmed yeah so yeah, yeah. but we did we did hear about this one and there was this other one there's like a weird interaction where you kind of could talk to people but not see them yeah that that like was, yeah that's that's the one because we went that was the one we yeah went we didn't know to do and we, that. Were, we were tripping and we didn't know what was going on because they don't tell you like what it is and then these like really like lovely um young polynesian guy voices were coming down this thing at us and we thought it was like yeah. a recording because you don't know that someone's on the other side but they started actually like talking to us and we were saying stuff and they were talking back and we were just like oh my god who are these people and then they started like singing a a, a song and stuff to us that would have been real trippy <laughs> it was so trippy and then and then when they they were like oh hey so what do where are you who are you guys what are you like what are you guys doing and we all just sort of looked at each other and then we just said back to the thing we were like we're on mushrooms <laughs> <laughs> and then they were just like oh oh what <laughs> and then we kind of got scared and ran out of there but um it turns out that the other end of that um voice tunnel is goes up and outside somewhere where everybody hangs oh. out so anyone when you talk in there people that walk past this thing can hear and then they can go and stand in there and they just talk oh. and it comes down to you Oh, yeah, because the, the, they, they kind of had like a clerks like outside of it, just like not explaining it as such, but kind of giving us a, a, a brief rundown of it. So like if people wanted to do what they could kind of thing. Yeah. So now that, that makes sense now. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, that was like a bit of a highlight for me. But um, yeah, the whole thing was great. But anyway, should we get into <laughs> a bit of a recap of the races on the weekend? Let's do it. All right. So Cranbourne, uh Records broken nearly every race, wasn't it? That was yes. Like- there was so I think there was four races on the card where the track records, some records that were I, I can't remember the exact records, but some that had stood for a long, long period of time. So they all got broken. Like I know Jigsaw was one of them that broke the the record. Yep. His the one that obviously knocked off Iron War. I know that Gaza Blanca. I know we spoke about Greece in that within that race, but the other Mar Eustace horse obviously won. Yeah. Um, Braden Star and I think Uncle Bryn. I think all four of them broke the track record that day. So that what <coughs> in terms of what we expected with that wet weather, it certainly didn't come. And I'll touch on that with Ballarat when we when we preview Ballarat this weekend as well, because there is some pending weather, but whether or not it hits, I'm I'm it's still up in air. So with just with that um, breaking track records, does that happen usually when the track is just real hard? Yeah, it'll use, you'll usually see it on like one of those good three, good four, four days where everything just turns out well and the, the rails are hot and yeah, it, it, a lot of the time it, it can be tempo related, but when there's four track records broken on a nine race card, usually it is going to be track dependent, definitely. Yeah, it's crazy. Um and so Newcastle um, and Villana, yeah, that was amazing. That was a pretty good thing to touch down to off the plane, I imagine. Yeah, I was pretty happy. When I refreshed the, uh, the Betfair account, I was, pretty, I was pretty stoked to see the, the account had risen, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. And then, I, then, I, and then when finally I could get back and, and I logged into to Tab where I could watch the replay, um, it was a great ride from Nash, wasn't it? Just sat off that oh, speed. Just <coughs> never, it never, he never looked like he was going to – gonna lose that race nah. in the straight think, anyway when he started to stoke it up nah and the horse is good and and in the congo he's a group one winner like he's a proper horse and to see him like i, I think i read who was on uh, t clark i think tom timmy clark was on yep. and he read if you read the jockey comments he's like i thought i had it and then Valana just came out of nowhere so it was a brilliant ride from nash and um yeah all, all credits to him definitely yeah i'll be getting on him this weekend he just God, he can just lift a horse. Yeah, big, big Nash. Yeah, he certainly can. I don't know if he's racing though. I think he may have incurred a suspension. Oh, that that'd be right. Yeah, he always he 
always gets suspensions. Yeah, because he just goes so hard. I don't think there's that's, actually that's, anyone else that I would want on a horse of mine besides him. No, he will always get the best out of your horse, definitely. Yeah, he's an absolute legend. Uh, and he and rarely does he ride a bad race either. Usually nine times out of ten, it's the horse that that um that costs him more than anything. Yeah, yeah, he's a geez, he's up there for one of the best. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, uh one of ours, uh, Wahaha Falls. Uh, oh. disappointing. <coughs> I think it was disappointing for those who backed him. But if you look at the run, all of the horses around him, he conceded up to like I think seven or eight kilos to them and he still found that line so incredibly hard so you like he I think and we, if we looked at it like it was I wouldn't say it was an on-fence bias day but it certainly was more favorable being the first half of the field coming around the bend and Wahaha Falls and Democracy Manifest they were right out the back and not, both of those two made up some incredible ground behind that winner so I think you could definitely follow both of those horses moving into this um, this summer carnival. And particularly, I'm not sure where they're going to be going yet with those, but they're certainly horses to, to keep an eye on, that's for sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Democracy Manifest has had a couple of good runs recently, hasn't it? Yeah, it's it's certainly going through the grades really nicely. And I, I, I think I potted it maybe a couple of potties ago or at least a potty ago. But yeah. I think it's certainly... It, with a, with a senior rider on and, and a bit of pace up front, I think it's a really, really good horse. I think it's got a bright future. Yeah, cool. We'll be keeping an eye on that one. Um, yeah. Now, Ascot, uh, some good races oh. there. Uh, that oh. was hard, hard to catch something there, though. <laughs> I think it was. And I think, it, like, I stupidly, like, it, I'm not a WI expert by any means. I don't really follow WI racing. I'll follow it during the the like their summer slash spring carnival, but a bit outside of that, I'm not really a big punter over there, but I looked at, I, I looked back and did a bit of like a, I guess a bit of a review of the meeting just because we are coming into their big carnival with the railway this weekend. And then we've got the winter bottom and um, the Kingston town. I think it's the northerly now. I forget what the name of it is, but that's coming up as well. So I thought I'd look into a couple of the races there because I know a lot of the punters love to, to bet on Ascot, particularly Pikey back there now, mm. but when Particularly I look back when, at they've, it, when they've lost everywhere else on a Saturday. Yeah, that's also very true. So <laughs> I looked back at and, and the rail was out six metres, which I, I didn't even look to look at um, leading up to that, which obviously is quite a large percent or large meterage out. So as you saw that if you were in lanes one, two, potentially three, particularly later or more later in the day, you just had the, the glory run. And, and I think it was evident when Miss Kentucky and Elite Street couldn't um, bring in those winners. And I think Lucy Warwick on, on I feel the horse, because I know Red Can Man, who you were on, mm. kicked away. And then I think who, who ended Nobody up had it for it? a bit. Is it this will test you maybe? Yeah, this will one test you got it. Yeah. Yeah, it might have been one of those. So if you look at them, those guys were situated in the first four or five horses in the field and Elite Street and Miss Kentucky were right out the back and both of them, despite being in the inferior ground, still hit the line very hard. And I think both of them on track for that winter bottom definitely next week. Yeah, it's um, it's a it's a lovely track over there. I do like it when their carnival comes around. It's um, Yeah, so do I. Races. And I can understand why they had the rail out six metres there now because obviously it's it's in the true position now for a big group one meeting this this year uh this week sorry with the w uh the western australian stakes western australian guineas and the railway on so they want to probably preserve that kind of rail position there and i guess they'll adjust accordingly to the to the weather that's expected as well yeah okay uh there was a short one in the last too Oh, devoted. Yeah. Oh God, if you backed that devoted, I would have. I felt. I felt sorry for you because I, I sat and watched it because I know that um, a lot of like really <coughs> um, good judges of WA racing think devoted's a very very good horse who has a bright future and potentially could end up over here on the eastern eastern side down the track. But he was such an unlucky run, and I thought as much as. I've pot pikey in recent times. This was an absolute butcher job from him, and he gave the horse no chance, unfortunately. And um, it's backing up this weekend, funnily enough. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Hey, geez, he's so, out of form, pikey, isn't he? It's, it's madness. He, I don't know what it is because normally he's just so reliable, and I don't know. He's just making some dumb decisions, and he's just not. 
giving the horses any chance. He's coming down inferior ground. He's not. He's probably not walking the track well. I don't know. I, don't, I really don't know what's going on. Maybe it is the. I don't know. I really don't know. But I, I, I hope it. I hope he comes good because he's such a good jockey when he's on. Yeah, I mean, hopefully there's. It's it's just odd for someone like him to go out of form for such a long amount of time. Like he he could have been on in Sydney. Like he could have been on just probably he could have not been getting the picks of the litter, you know. Mm. But you, you know, it probably it didn't really look like that. No, I know I know what you mean. So yeah, I don't know. <coughs> I hope I hope I hope he comes good and I think he will because now that all those like covid restrictions in WA have been lifted, I don't think anyone's kicking up a stink about him riding in a state and and going back there to ride. So hopefully he finds his feet and he can hit the ground running for for the latter parts of the the WA carnival. Yeah, uh, we yeah we'd be mad to rule him out over there. He could just come back just flying into form. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? You can never rule him out, and um, it's one of those things that if I, if I'm gonna like play a quaddy with a, I don't know a bonus bet or something like that in WA, I'll always no matter what horse it is, you'll put Pikey in. Pikey in the last. Yeah. You're always gonna put in your numbers regardless of yeah. the odds or, or who he's on. Yeah, absolutely. So. Should we go to the races this weekend and Kembla? Yeah, that's, oh, do you know what? Like I, I looked through the fields today for for Kembla, Ballarat, Sunny Coast, and, and I did Ascot as well. Okay, I'm really excited about the Kembla and Ballarat cards. Yeah, surprisingly okay. for for off season racing, I'm I'm really quite pumped. And there's, I've got quite a lot of horses that I'm I'm, I'm really eyeing off at Ballarat, and it'll be just a matter or not whether this this weather hits or wet as to whether it becomes a bet or not. Yeah, okay. That's what I like to hear. What are, what race are you, are you looking at? What races? Well, which one do you want to touch on? We can start Campbell. We can do Ballarat. We, we could probably t- – why don't we touch on Sunny Coast purely because it's going to take about three minutes because there's not much going on up there outside of um, two races really. Yeah, so the – okay. So the Mooloolaba Cup there, I think I heard somewhere <coughs> that, that um, it, it hasn't always been – hasn't not always been run at the Sunny Coast. The Mooloolaba Cup? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure about that one actually. Is that, I thought I heard someone say it's just like there for the first time, which would be weird if that's the case. I could be wrong, but yeah, what do you think of uh, of that? Well, the Sunny Coast track is it's a it's it's quite a big track. It's got a big long straight on it, which is good. So it usually gives the most horses <coughs> most horses a chance, and usually the best. I say this usually the best horse will win the race. Um, it's an interesting track because it's one of the better draining tracks in Australia where it's got, it's like kind of like on a camber. So what happens is it's, it's got quite a prominent crown on it. So there's a really high point on the, on, on the track where the ground's the best and the ground's the firmest. And then the, with the way it drains, it kind of drains out from that crown. So if you can find that crown pretty much early on in the day, and it's usually usually look for it in races one to two. If you see your horse get on that ground, it's usually a bit of a travelator through. Yeah, okay. So keep an eye on that <coughs> down the track. And if you're seeing leaders kind of come around that bend and rather than hug the rail, there may be two, maybe three horse, three, I guess, three lanes wider. They found that and you'll find that not many horses can run de- run them down. Or alternatively, you see those guys that think they can sit to the rails and you get those back markers who just get that travelator down, yeah, down the outside. Yeah, you see and that just, a lot there. Yeah, you do, don't you? And I know. Um, so it's it's certainly something to consider. And we've got the the rail in the true position, which is great this week. I, I love when the rail's in the true position. I think, funnily enough, on all four tracks that we're going to talk about, every every day, um, track has the rail in the true, which is great. Yeah, we've got we've got no rain up there on the sunny coast, so we're probably going to be dealing with a good three, good four. So that's a good. Like, I guess that's a good thing. And we've got these hot, humid weather. So as long as the track doesn't get too firm, but those track curators up there are great, and they'll be watering if they need to. Yeah, that should be should be interesting. Um, I'm looking at one in this uh, centre fire now. I got on that its last couple of races where it ran first and second, just because following it because Muncie trains it. Yeah, he's uh, a good trainer, Muncie, isn't he? He's good. Yeah, he's probably he's very. Some, ve- yeah, he's probably getting he's, some good horses into his stable too because of his name. Yeah. He's quite underrated. I actually saw him down at Derby Day. He was walking through with his missus, who's about double his height. It's quite funny, actually. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I remember. I remember you telling me that. Yeah, <laughs> he'd be hard to find a woman that wasn't twice his height. <laughs> yeah, that's very, very true. Yeah, so you you saying you you don't mind Desenifer? 
I like it. Yeah, I think it. I think it's a. I think it's a pretty good horse. But what, got some good odds there. Yeah, I know. I, I guess it's first up. Um, but yeah, what do you think of these other things? And this simply fly's been going well. Um, well, in the terms of the Malulaba Cup, I think it's a really junk race. To be honest, it's it's yeah. quite disappointing. Like again, I haven't been following these horses a great deal, but you can see that the the bottom weights are are there for well. A lot of the bottom weights are in the market. You got Linthorpe Lad carrying fifty-four, without revenge, both coming off um, wins at their last two starts. Aussie Nugget, who's a good horse, yeah, and I think he's, I think he's ready to to really peak. And he was, but unfortunately, he was beaten by Linthorpe Lad last start. Yeah. But there is quite a decent weight swing there, so. I think um, Aussie Nugget drops from 57 to 54 and a half. Benny Thompson retains the ride. And oh, hang on. I Sorry. I was looking at the Malulabar yeah. Swiss. I was looking yeah, at the we'll ride. talk about that, which is actually a really good race. And I think there's a couple of angles there. So in terms of the Malulabar Cup, I think it's a really low quality race. But if you had to like gun to my head right now and I had to pick a selection, probably be Aussie Nugget to turn the tables on Linthorpe Lad. Yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah, it doesn't but look the, like much in that, does but, it? Nah, it's quite a low quality Maluba Cup this year, which is I don't think it produces like world beaters, but it's certainly not the strongest field that they've assembled in, in recent times. That's not a group one, is it? Nah, it's just a listed race. Yeah, so nothing okay. crazy. Okay. It's okay. kind of like a it could be a grand final for a lot of those kind of off season Queensland horses. You won't find that a lot of horses will be hitting that race first up or anything like that. Yep. There might be the occasional one, but it's kind of like a, a finisher for those guys and, and then slowly transitioning into our, our summer carnival. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So it could be a tough race to bet in. Yeah, I wouldn't be betting. Unless you see a huge market push late in the day, but I wouldn't I wouldn't be bothering. Okay. Roger. Uh did you want to talk about the Swiss? Yeah, this is actually a really good race, a little 1,000-meter dash there. Now, I thought I'd test you. How do you pronounce the, the name of number nine? Uh, yeah, that's uh, Jesu Ballet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love getting that one. Yeah, so Jesu Bells is how you pronounce it. But that was a good effort. Give me that one. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think this is a really good race for the sprinters. Um, there's a lot of different form lines coming in here, which is really, really interesting. <coughs> Jace Wee Bell was obviously bitten by Simplify last start at um, Eagle Farm, but Simplify certainly had the better run in transit that day and um, Jace Wee Bell had to literally fly down the outside to only get nutted by I think it was 0.2 of a length or something close to that. So yeah. I can see why it's $2.12 favourite because I think it's a it's a very, very, very good horse, that's for sure. Yeah, okay. Um, so that's certainly that's certainly a good chance. The horse that I'm really intrigued by is Kingston's here. So Kingston here, oh, yeah. I had a black book, funnily enough. It was weird. So I you don't normally I don't normally do this, but I black booked it after running last at <sighs> At, yeah, at, at the Sunshine Coast on a heavy nine, yeah. So <clears throat> leading up to that race, this was in July this year. So leading up to that race, I it had the most blistering trial at Doombin and I was like, this horse is ready to play. It's got a really, really good first up record. I think it was I think it's six starts for three wins in a second. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this horse is going to do it. And and I think it was widely televised because at the time it was with Steve O'Day and Matty Hoisted. And at the time, they literally said on radio, we don't think the horse will handle the heavy deck, to which it absolutely didn't. It just flopped. I think it ran like eight or nine lengths last. Yeah. But the thing I liked about it was that trial leading up to it. So I was like, all right, when if, if that horse sees a good deck, then I'm going to have a bet on it. So then we came to Doombin in September and the same thing happened again. It ran, and I think it was a soft five or soft six, which it's handled in the past, but it didn't come up. So... It's since then it's changed stables to Stuart Kendrick there on the sunny coast. So I'm super intrigued to see what happens with it because I think the horse is it's it's a really talented horse. Whether or not I don't know you want to risk risk any money on it, but I think it what's it at what seventeen bucks I think it is yeah, now yes and three fifty yeah. So I don't know it's whether you want to risk, but I reckon if if we're getting a good deck on on Saturday, so. If you see a little bit of a market push, it don't be surprised if if it if it wins. So if you if you are playing a quaddy, I'd definitely be putting it in. Yeah, well, I guess like if you're going each way, you're getting better than the favourite um, on the players. Yeah, 
Exactly. I like that. And it, Stuart Kendrick's a good trainer too. He is. He's a good trainer. And then you've got Goldsborough as well. Gary Duncan's, I guess you could say head, or not head, um, probably bet one, of, one of his better horses. Um, loves the track and trip. Um, loves the distance. Good first up record. So <clears throat> that's another option for you. Handles all ground. So I think it's actually a really, really good little race. And you can make a case for quite a few horses going along in that race. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it, do, it, yeah, it looks good. I'm excited for that one, actually. Yeah, it's it's going to be a fast pace. You you'll see them go out and they'll they'll be hooking. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think I'll tip into the race, but yeah, I certainly would be keeping an eye on Kingston here. That's for sure. Do you know if what's his sort of racing pattern? Kingston's here. Yeah, usually about midfield. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So he's he's drawn not too bad. He'll probably sit because you've got quite a few. Like if you look at that that speed, it's going to be very fast, and you got. Quite a few horses vying for that lead. You'll have La Palmiere up there. You have Master Jamie from the um, from up north, Centrefire. Goldsborough could even push forward from from lane one. So you're going to have a lot of speed. So this does set it up for for a horse to, I guess we could say, swoop. Yep. So who knows? Really, really don't know. I love a swooper race. at the sunny coast. Oh, yeah, it's good. Um, okay, so you want to go Ballarat? Let's do Ballarat. Done. All right. Well, what have you got? Got any good races here? Like any listed yeah, races? Yeah, so so this is kind of like a there's a magic. It's it's well, you I won't say it is a magic millions, but there's magic million races getting on uh, on yeah. this races. So you don't <coughs> traditionally see the horses really jump on from this race, and the form lines out of this is usually pretty junk. So just tread lightly. But the interesting thing is the first time in history the two year old classic, which is usually a stepping stone for some horses to come up here and now on our Magic Millions Carnival, mm-hmm. you normally they would run this clockwise. So what you'll find is Ballarat, they'll reverse the direction yeah. of this only for only this race. But they've changed that back this year, so they'll be running the normal Victorian way. Wow, so, they, they were running it in the opposite direction. Yeah. So, so yeah, so they only used to do it for the one race and they call it the clockwise classic. <laughs> yeah, so this is the first year. Yeah, it's so weird. I don't know why they did it. But, yeah, this is the first year where they're actually doing counterclockwise now. So they're actually going back to the normal way. So would that change the distance of the straight there? Um, I don't know about the track with Ballarat. I'll have a look for it. But I don't think it changed it a huge amount because I think Ballarat's quite like an, an oval-type shape. Okay. That's but crazy. yeah, it's super interesting. Eh? Yeah, I don't, with Ballarat, it's kind of a bit overly. It it would the straight will be roughly the same. It's just the turn, the final turn will be a bit larger than yeah, the okay. other one. So okay. it, it won't, yeah, won't won't really change much. Is that called the uh, Ballarat Two Year Old Classic? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that race is there. So again, like I said earlier, the rail will be in the true. They are expecting it. <coughs> They've got sunny days tomorrow, but they are expecting some rain on the, on the day there. The forecast is saying 10 to 15 mils, but from what I'm reading it, it, it they seem to think it's going to miss Ballarat and probably hit more around the Melbourne area, but let's just wait and see. I, I've done my form for, a, I guess, a soft deck, soft five, soft six, soft seven, um, soft seven at probably the worst. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the interesting thing about this day, and, and I think the punters will like this, is tread lightly with backing your short price favourites because traditionally this hasn't been a very good day for favourites to winning. So go wider in your quaddies and those sorts of things if you are playing it. So, yeah, it's, it's, it hasn't been a day where favourites have been really, really kind of, I guess, winning. Okay, good. Lay the favourites. Yeah, well, I wouldn't say lay the favourites, but, yeah, just be, <laughs> just be, just be, just be <laughs> cautious with them. Yeah. Okay. No, that's good. That's uh, if we if you play it like that, and that's the way it pans out. That's usually a yeah. Good day. Yeah. Exactly. So we'll talk. I think we'll touch on this Magic Millions two year old classic because I'm just going to contradict myself straight up. So, yeah. um, it, you'll see the market here. There's a horse called Sassy Boom. Yeah. Uh, Danny O'Brien was John Allen's on it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it, um, it, it looks the best horse in this race if you, if you go back and look at the jump out. So um, I just contradicted myself by backing a fate. Well, I'm not going to put it as a tip, obviously, being a two-year-old maiden, but um, it, it, looks, it looks very professional as a horse and you don't often see it with a two-year-old. So I think it had a really, really nice jump out down at, um, at Flemington and it, it did everything that was asked of it. So, yeah, 
<coughs> if I had to pick in that race, I'd be picking it, and I think it'll shit it in, to be honest. And that's pretty much it. Like, okay. I, the, yeah, it's it's a weird, weird race. One hundred and fifty-five thousand. That's not that much for a good horse, is it? No, it's not. It's not really a, a renowned race to um for anything, but it's yeah. it's one hundred fifty k that you've got for a two year old who hasn't won a race. So not too bad. Yeah. What do you know? What do you know? What the most expensive one was that went to sale there? At the Magic Millions. Yeah. This year. Yeah. Um, I don't off the, off the top of my head, but I think <coughs> um, Lloyd Williams may have. Uh, not Lloyd Williams. Lloyd Kennewell had a big one. Oh yeah, we talking over um, a mil. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, jeez. Um, I, I know he he goes in with he's got a quite a few big syndicates getting around there. Um, God, yeah, that's too, a lot of money to spend on a horse. Oh my god! Particularly, p- particularly when you don't know much, you pre- you're purely buying that um, of of what the horse's breeding is and how it looks. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, eh? And so often doesn't work out. Like has black caviar not really thrown anything? No, and you don't, you don't. And it, again, I do feel sorry for, um, for, I guess anyone that does buy these horses because you, you, it's just a guessing game, really. Yeah, a hundred percent. You're almost better off so, not not going for those ones that are like a million dollars and just trying your luck with something a bit cheaper. Yeah, I just got the the record sale. So there's a one point three million dollar card cult by Zusta. You then also got a one point two five million dollar cult by Zusta and a one point two million dollar exceed and excel cult. Mm. And then a one then there was a there's quite a few one point ones getting around. So those Zusta must be having a bit of a success. Oh, he's a ripper. He's a ripper. Um, he's a ripper sire. Yeah, him, Exceed and Excel, Snitzels, I'm Invincibles, not a single doubts. All those guys, even you, you do get quite a, a few Pieros getting around, um, but they're they're our best. They're our best, um, I guess, studs here in in Australia. Best stallions here in Australia. Yeah. I know the Autumn Sun. Remember the Autumn Sun? Yep, that Ripper three year old who could have been anything in my opinion. Um, he's he's had his first crop be sold this year so we'll okay. start to see them running around next year which will be great because i'm keen to see how he is at stud and whether he's a bit of a dud or not yeah 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 because so. uh, i guess the race doesn't end on the racetrack it uh continues to the um stud i guess yeah and again if you get a colt who wins maybe two races but he wins a big group one like a coolmore star a golden slipper um even like a caulfield guineas or anything like that that's a three-year-old race. Sorry, if 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 you get guys winning those, like horses winning those races, their stud value just skyrockets. Yeah. It's so interesting that like there's certain races where the stud value, although the the monetary value of that race is a little less, but the stud value was ginormous. Yeah, it's a license to print money, then, isn't it? Oh yeah, oh definitely. Um, so what? So what else do we want to look at here at Ballarat? Well, you've got you've got your four, you got your three-year-old and four-year-old classic, which is such a weird race. Again, it's like three and four-year-olds Magic Million sales. So it's 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 super super odd how they do it. But um, again, it's an open field. There is an interesting runner in this race, and it'll be interesting to see what you think of it. Is um, a horse called Penthouse? Now, Maddie Dales trains it. Linda Meach. Yeah, yeah. Have you got it there? Now, if you go back two starts, have a look at who he ran third to. In um, secret. Scone. Yeah, okay. We know what what In Secret did. Yeah. What is it? Two lengths off. Two lengths off In Secret in the heavy. And if we get that race. So it's quite interesting. But then obviously we came out and then raced at Eagle Farm and we were at eight lengths. What, yeah. 11th last behind stroke. So I wouldn't be looking into that too closely, but it's certainly an interesting runner that if we do get a heavy deck, is he an absolute wet tracker or did he, was he just blessed? And I guess in secret wasn't at her best. Or she obviously progressed through the grades very, very quickly, but I don't know. It's just food for thought, but I, I don't have a selection in that race. That's for sure. Okay. We well, can get 11 and $11 and three twenty where I'm looking at that penthouse. There you go. So you, you got decent odds about it, but I'd, I'd just I'd be trading lightly. I wouldn't I wouldn't be launching into it or anything like no, that. No, but probably the best form in the race. Yeah, you could look at it like, well, 
who, how can you question it? I yeah. know direct. I know direct's right favourite, but I don't think it's worth that good of that good of a horse. The horses that you want to look at are those Ma Eustace horses. Because yeah. they got Adamant down there, Harry Coffee at nineteen, Pink Cashmere down there at fifteen. I think there's one other, a little deep there yeah. at five eighty. So we know that Ma Eustace, their stables are at Ballarat, or some one of their stables. And uh, interesting enough, Adamant is the one that's trained there. So okay. whether or not it's is it a horses for courses track Ballarat? I don't know. It's it's shown in the past that it can be. So he might be worth a bit of a play at nineteens as well, and and just hope you can get the favourite beaten. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there are – oh, geez, it's hard to bet against the uh, Ma Eustace camp at the moment too. Absolutely oh, killing it. Aren't they? So, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a good – it's an interesting race, but it's, it's funnily enough, it's the support races where I really found like quite a few that I'm really keen on. So yeah. um, that's why we haven't really – well, I haven't touched on them, but we'll, I'll mention them when we, when we wrap up the, the Ballarat card anyway. Okay. So let's have a quick look at the cup. Um, the, this is here. one of the – this is one of the best Ballarat Cups that I can remember. Yeah, it's, look at it. It's a ripper, ripper field, isn't it? Yeah, I like, like that. Poly Gray, um, a tissue. Yeah, Banker's Choice. So you've got to think like Berm- exactly Bermudez. I, you could even make a case for Tokarangi. Future score was very good, in, although it was a bit of a hidden run last start. So there's quite a few good horses running around. So, so I think it's – and Foxy Freed ran second in this race last year. So if you look at it like this, there's, there's um, it's quite a good few good horses there. Yeah. Uh, the, so, what, what are you liking it? The one that I like is Banker's Choice. But my only concern I have is where he's going to go in – where he's going to end up with barrier one. Because we know he's not a leader by any chance. He likes to sit midfield or even worse than midfield and then obviously put that little bit of turn of foot in and, and overtake them. Because yeah. if you look at his his form, he's just come out of the group one McKinnon or the champion stakes is what it is now. He was crossing the line with on Thunderstruck. And arguably, if you look at the race, watch it over, he potentially could have been closer to Animo if he, if he got out a bit earlier. So... I think that brings elite. He's got elite Group One form coming into this race. Johnny Allen sticks. Johnny Allen rode him in the, in the, um, sorry, in that in that McKinnon race, and he's come within one and a half lengths of my Oberon. So beat Vicinari, who was very competitive in the in the Cranbourne Cup last week. So if if I had to give a selection, it would be Banker's Choice. I think a tissues go had a ble- like a really it was a great win at Flemington, but. J-Mac off for Damien Oliver, who's a bit out of form. Like, that's obviously going to be playing on your mind. I think Polly Gray, if, if, the whole, if it gets into the heavy range, Polly Gray's a great bet. So it's quite an open field. But if yeah, if I had to put put my hand up and, and pick one, it'd be Banker's Choice. I think you'll win it. Okay, yeah. Well, that form you just rattled off sounds like could be some of the best in the country. Well, yeah, it's A1 form when you <laughs> yeah. look at it like that. Like, you're crossing the line with arguably, like, the – two top five horses in, in Australia. So, yeah, okay. I think it's a good bet. All right. I like that. And what were your other ones you liked? You had some so of the I've, other I've got, the little, um, other races? Qu- there's quite a few. So, in race one, there's a horse called Belle at Rich, I think it is, or Belle at Rich. So, <clears throat> she's a horse that, funnily enough, I backed since she was made her debut in August last year. So, I really, like, she's she's got a really, really strong SP profile. Do you know what I mean by that? No. So starting price profile. So normally okay. what you look at is if a horse starts very in the market, then that means punters and syndications and all that are quite keen on it. Okay, yeah. So that means someone knows something and ne- not necessarily <coughs> the horse's fault or anything like that, but it may not have won, but it's still got a strong SP profile, which means she she or he has had support in the past. Yeah. So if you go back through – it's it's had five starts. It's never missed the trifecta. It started 420 on debut, 270 second start, 205 third start, a dollar twenty-eight its fourth start, and then 460 second favorite at its fourth start, uh, fifth start. So it's been in the market. I loved its jump out at I think it was Ararat or one of those just recently. Yep. Um handles the heavy go, um heavy or soft going. And I think it's it's a ripper play. And I it's 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 probably gonna end up if as long as I don't get any inkling that or I hear something about the track being very leader bias, I think it's probably going to end up being a bet for us on Saturday. Oh, lovely. So 
essentially the start the SP profile is a horse that has started in uh you know with um low odds and then when it's coming into this race that you're looking at its odds are higher than it was before is that what you, so if you say it's got a good sp profile that's what you're getting well normally what they will say to us is one that it's going to be met with market support because the big syndications and the punters yeah. like it so yeah. the chances are that we pro we might not be dealing with i think well, what can you get now like seven dollars six bucks yeah about six bucks yeah, so what that's telling us is that you might not get six bucks come race time. So this is one of those ones where I'd look at it and go, all right, I might snap up the early price rather than wait for the day. Yeah, okay. So so that's one of those ones. And then when you've got an SP profile, that just like who knows the trainer like Mitch Friedman, he might be giving out information to owners or friends or something like that who then, you know how it starts that snowball effect? Yeah, yeah. So that could be something as well. And to be honest. That's like what happens when our tips go up on Instagram. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the markets so, move. Exactly, exactly. With our, <laughs> with our 100 followers, I think we've got. <laughs> so that's certainly something that I'll, I'll look at. And <clears throat> I think, to be honest, this horse should should have two more wins to its name. I think its first two starts, the one at Moe and one at Kite, and I think both of them it should have won. I think it was just super unlucky. So... I um I've got a high opinion of this horse, and I think I think it's going to go through the grades now. Okay, and do some good things. That's fantastic. Love it. And where? What else? So is that, liking that, here? Um, the fourth race is one at odds here. So, hope I, I this the heavy ground is certainly a concern. But there's a horse called All About Eve in the in the fourth race. Oh yep. Oh yeah. Right. So. So if you go back and watch the start that it had on the 20th of October, I think it was a BM, um, Phillies and Mares BM64 at Ballarat, so at the actual track, it came from an absolute impossible position right out the back and rocketed home. <coughs> I can't – it's annoying because I can't get the sectionals for, for Victorian racing because I can get the New South Wales ones and Queensland ones, but – it was. I would love to see those sections because it just flew home. Like it, I think at I've the two hundred meter mark, it was still. I've got a last six hundred meters here. Of yeah, it, yeah, which is lightning yeah, for right. six hundred meters. So then you're looking at yeah, what eleven second splits. So it's quick, particularly for for a horse with a sixty four rating. Um, so yeah, it'd be good to see the fours and the twos because it just savaged the line. So I think it's a it's a ridiculous price at fifteen bucks at the moment. And if we're still in the good range um, at race four, then I'll probably be might have a light bet on that race because I I really like the horse. Okay, looks like it's been racing in better races too. Yeah, it, it's 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 been doing some some good stuff there. So um, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be I don't know if that fifteen is going to hold up. That's for sure. Yeah. Okay. Get in early. Yeah, get in early. And then the last race is a horse that I've had a big opinion of since its debut. It's called Do You Punk. No, is it last race, second last race, the ninth race? Oh yeah. Could do you do you punk? Do you punk? Did that win its yeah, last start? It did. It's one's last two starts. Yeah, that's right. And our girl Carlene Heffel's on. So if you look at this horse, it's gonna it's gonna be carrying fifty one kilos. Oh yeah. All right, and then you look at the top weight, Edison, Amish Boy, all those guys. They're carrying fifty eight, and I think she, I think, um, I think um, he brings better form lines than any other horse in this race, to be honest. Oh, God, so fifty one yeah, kilos. I know with Carlene Heffel, who we know is a really good jockey. Gate three maps perfectly to sit just behind the speed. Yeah, I am. Um, I think it's I think it's a really, really good play. And this is another one that potentially could be one of our bets come come Saturday. Okay, great. It's not a bad odds at the moment for for being the Yeah, what, what can what what can you get at the moment? What four four fifty. Four fifty, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. <clears throat> it would not surprise me if we get rain, that horse starts with um starts in the in the two dollar mark, I reckon. Okay. Yeah. Look, okay. Because it's another one with a real you know, we spoke about those SP profiles. Yeah. Another one with very, very strong SP profile. So we go back through, 290 favourite on debut, 245 second start, eighty third start, 390 favourite in its fourth start, 350 favourite at its fifth start, 650 at its seventh, 
And then we had four sixty and two dollar eighty favorites next two starts with the ones just gone. So it's got another strong SP profile. So it's one of those horses where you'll sit back and go, "Oh yeah, I reckon that the market will be drawn to that horse." All right, I'm not mucking around with these SP profiles. I'm getting on no. now. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. Sorry, I've lost where we are. Oh no, we're going to Kemble Grange, yeah. Oh, we got to do one more race at Ballarat. Oh, you got another one. Yeah, another one. So Jeez. in the last, detonated Jack. I think he's okay. immoral. Oh, okay. Yep, yep, yep. He, so we, I think we, oh, this was the horse that your mate put in his thing. You know the one that had the gold strip multi? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. That started with This the is, M- M- yeah, remember M- 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 Manamek. Yeah, yeah. yeah. M- <laughs> we, this was the one. Oh, <laughs> yeah, man. that's the one we couldn't think of the name. Yeah, this is the one. So detonated Jack absolutely blistered past him last start. So I just can't see him turning the tables, to be honest. Yeah. And yeah. and then we've got to look at the jockey chain. So we lost Blake Shin for Damien Oliver, Johnny Allen on on um stays on. Like I just think he's just gonna demolish this field. Give me Allen over Ollie any day. Yeah, absolutely. Um I think the only thing that beats him is bad luck. So he's another one that could be a bet. So we might be having quite a few bets this weekend. Oh, yeah. That's what we want to hear. Yep. All so, right. All right. so that's Ballarat done. Okay. Love it. Uh, let's go to the Kembla Grain, shall we? Yep. So Kembla. So rail true again. No rain expected over the next few days. So we're probably going to be dealing with a good three, good four, um, which is wonderful. We got the Warra, which is a thousand meter dash, which is a really, really good race. And then we obviously got the gong and we'll touch on the gong coming up, which is pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, so the thousand meter dash is so much speed engaged, but I think the two interest, there's three horses that I'm keen to watch. I won't be betting in this race just because I think it's a bit of a lottery, but Bruckner is one that I'm, I'm really keen to see. So he won the, the group three McNeil stakes, I think a year ago now and he hadn't been since they put him away so i'm not sure if he's had his issues or, or something's happened to him or or what i couldn't find anything in any of the stewards reports but um or any kind of stable reports but his jump outs have been elite coming into this race yeah so he's he's a horse that i really want to look at and i think i remember on that mcneil stakes day um Corbs and I actually backed it at Holland Park Hotel. Yeah. And I think he was about 12 to 1 that day. And, yeah, I was really quite keen on him. So, um, yeah, I got I got a lot of time for the horse. Um, so, yeah, I think I think he's a really, really interesting horse to follow. Athelric, the Godolphin horse, um, it's been met with a lot of early market support, which is really, really interesting. I think it opened at like $14 or $15 and it's now into, what, 6 bucks. Yeah. So you're Is it getting um, that three kilo claim as well. Yeah, so it'd have the Zach Lloyd. So it'd be only be carrying fifty three and a half kilos versus Malkovich's fifty nine. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so that's an interesting runner. And the other one, which is at odds, which this is one that you have to put in your quaddies, is Mossman Gorge. Mm. Oh, 41. So it's yeah. So you can shop around. So this horse hates the heavy deck. So he's been racing on heavy tracks. He, in the August, he raced at the Valley in the Carlisle. Only three and a half lengths off Bella Nipotina. Ooh. Yeah. He then went to uh, a quality 900-meter race at the Gold Coast, which was another heavy deck. And then he just raced at the Valley on the 22nd of October, which would have been not Cox Plate Day, I don't think so. But anyway, he raced on a heavy deck. Now, he hates wet decks. We know that. He's got a big, big finish on him. He's actually won at Kembla before, and he's actually got a quite a good good, um, good record over the 1,000 metres and on good decks. So he's one that I'd be just keeping an eye on. And Timmy Clark, we know he's, he's an elite jockey. So I think from barrier six, he can, he can be positioned quite nicely, and I don't – yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be leaving him out of the, out of the quaddy at all. Okay. Um, and what do you think about my girl, Juan Diva? Um, certainly, definitely a chance. Tommy Berry on. I didn't like her run down the straight, and I don't think she's she's a straight track horse, so no. I can understand that. She's um, she's got really she's got a decent second up record, and she she's actually won at the track and distance here at Kembla. So I definitely think it's a 
being on their good deck is going to be certainly in Juan Diva's favour. My only reservations I have really with the horse is Barrier 16. Yeah, true. She's tough as nails. GC's been good to me. I'll have a little something on, but we're looking at... We're, yeah. yeah, we're iron off Bruxner, Bruck, Bruckner and Mossman Gorge. Yeah, but we, I don't think we'll end up betting in the race, but certainly it's it's something to, to look at if we're doing quaddies anyway. Yeah, 100%. Uh, should we go to the gong? Let's do it. Let's talk about let's talk so, about so, our boy that we've been. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> brutality. But God, this is a good looking race. It's actually a really good field, isn't it? Yeah. So <clears throat> I was just talking to my wife early, and she's like, "Okay, so now that spring carnival's going, like, I was just saying, like, how excited I was for the fields this weekend. Like, I'm really <laughs> rating them. I think there's some lot of good chances here. So it's going to be a good punning weekend. I hope. Yeah, 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 definitely, man. That's funny. Um, there's just no break from it, is there? No, there isn't, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, we've got Kiss Sum in this too. Oh, I uh, won't get a run. So Kiss oh, Sum's number it's the 20. Emergency, is fourth, it? fourth emergency, yeah. Okay. And it's drawn the absolute car park. It's had such an unlucky run, this prep, this poor horse. What I'm hoping technically, um, not technically, but what I'm hoping is Tracy Bartley puts it, uh, puts the horse away and brings it up here for our winter carnival because I think it's a great horse and it's really, really underrated and it's just been so unlucky, this prep. Yeah, okay. Yeah, hopefully. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, I guess, man, I don't know where you want to start here. There's a lot <coughs> in here. Um, well, let's start on brutality. So we've yeah. been we've been on this boy – since his first up run where he clocked the the best last 600s of the day. He then <clears throat> did the same thing at his second start, got the set, um, did the same thing again, sorry, at the second start in the Sydney Stakes, copying the best 600 of the day. He then went to the race at Private Eye won, <clears throat> clocked some very good sectionals again that day and was a hidden run. And he raced in the Hunter last weekend. Now, don't be disheartened by that ninth that you saw in the Hunter last weekend. This is a play that Joe Pride has worked with this horse so successfully where he'll put the blinkers on at grand final time, which we've talked about, but he'll also back him up seven days with those blinkers on. Mm -hmm. So when you go back through his history, he's had seven quick backups for four wins and most of them being over the 1,600 metres. Wow. All right. So – all the signs point to this being his grand final. We've got we've, – he's drawn really well in Barry 11 for his racing pattern. He's got Regan Bayless, who's one of one of the podcast's favourite jockeys on him, oh, who's yeah. been on him the entire prep minus the, the Sydney Stakes one where Kath O'Hara was on. So all the signs are pointing to, to brutality. But you and I spoke about it earlier in the week. Probably the only concern that we – or the only – I guess the only – issue that we're having with with not calling it a five unit bet is that good track yeah but what we've got to look at is start of the prep we ran on a heavy eight which is the preferred going but then as the preps built up we've had a soft six and then we've raced on two good fours so and on those good fours he's performed so it's not like he's hated the ground or he's pulled up sore or anything like that it's just that he's just been beaten by a better horse and this is we've we've just reached our grand final at, at a suitable trip yeah, yeah. It's we've almost got all the stars aligning, but except for one, maybe. Yeah, exactly. So if we'd got a big storm or a big rain period running through tomorrow and and Saturday morning, then I would be just declaring this is the bet of the year to the podcast. But <laughs> it's it's not that at the moment, unfortunately. Is there any chance of that? What being the bet of the year? No, just the rain. No, there's not a single thing. There's no rain predicted. Oh, damn it. But, yeah, which is annoying. Yeah, I'm still going to be on it though. Blinkers yeah. on. I've just got to oh, be. I'm, I'm definitely – we've talked it up to the listeners, all, all 30 of them. We've talked them up, talked it up, so we might as well follow the cash. And I've been talking enough. about it all. Enough's enough, exactly <laughs> right. We're now, we'll mention, I will mention a couple of horses though that – um, I think are, are ripper chances. And if you're playing the quarter numbers, these are the horses that I think you should include. I thought hope in your hearts is certainly a huge, excuse me, a huge chance. Um, <coughs> the, um, her run in the goal, um, Golden Eagle was immense. Um, the only concern I have for her is barrier 15. 
I think Riadini is over the odds. I think the horse is, is did really, really well. You look at the, the past prep and you look at um, 12th first up and then um, you'll see the, the eighth to private eye. But I think the race shape and the way the race panned out for Riadini was quite unlucky. Um, Purple Sector hates heavy decks, loves good decks. Has not, funnily enough, Purple Sector's had 15 starts on a soft deck for no wins and three starts on the heavy for not a single placing. But then we go to its good deck form with that 18 win, uh, 18 starts, four wins, three seconds, three thirds. So you're looking pretty good on a good deck with that horse. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I'd definitely be putting purple sector in there. And then that would be it. I think you could probably put, you could consider love tap. And if kiss some gets in the field, certainly include it, but I doubt it will. Okay. Well, this looks like a great day for some quaddies, actually. Yeah, it could be. Like I said, um, with favourites not not being fancy to Ballarat, definitely something you can look at. Yeah, okay. Maybe we can put one up even. Yeah. If yeah, we can do that. If you're feeling it. Yeah, if you're feeling it. I'm, I, I can do that. It's easy. Okay. All right. Well, go our boy brutality. He's a boy, right? Yeah, yeah boy. Yeah, lovely. Um, so that's it for Kembla then, yeah? Well, there's two, there's a horse, race six, I like two, there's two horses in my black book, which is super annoying because I hate that when they turn up in the same race. Uh, yeah. I'm a big fan of Kanazawa, okay, right? yep. which is the, which is a freaky, like, yeah, Cummins horse. I love him. I thought his, um, his runs last prep were huge and I had one of my bigger bets of the year on him at Randwick, um, I think in back in July when he won that race. So oh, yeah. it was – I think he was a ripper ripper horse. He handles all going. And I really, really liked his trial um, on in October. He's got a good first up record. So I think he's he's really, really good. I'm hoping he can blow out. I've put quite a ridiculous price up on Betfair and hoping some idiot takes it. But we'll wait and see. Okay, nice. And what was the other, other horse, I, Rainbow Connection. So – not only was I drawn to it purely because Regan's on it, but if you go back and watch its race, um, it raced in a BM78 up here at Eagle Farm on the good three. Yeah, okay. um, it was ridiculous. If you can get try and get a replay up, it was on the 29th of October. It ran into so much traffic over the 1,000 metres and then Brody Loy somehow got the horse clear and it absolutely rocketed to the line beating um, Shamrock Lou, who's been quite a form horse up here in Queensland. Um, so that's a really good thing. Again, another horse that really, really appreciates a good deck. It's had five starts for two wins, a second and a third. So it's net, it's only missed the placing once on a good deck. And that was in a, a, when it was stepped up in grade quite significantly and it ran last, but I think it pulled up with issues and it was spelled after that. Okay. So you could almost forgive that run. So there's two horses in the same race. So it's really, really annoying. You could, back both of them if you wanted to with with equal staking or you could just put them both in the same race multi to 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 place i guess if you wanted to well, that's not a but, bad um, idea you could do that but yeah they're the two horses that i'm a big i'm quite keen on and i guess i'll wait and see how the tracks playing as to whether one and who knows one might scratch and then the other one will definitely be a bet well they're both good odds so yeah right. i think you can get what seven seven fifty seven something like eight, that for, yeah yeah, for, and then I think you what get ten bucks or thereabouts for Rainbow Connection. Yeah, pretty much. About I'm seeing about nine. Yeah, yeah, perfect. So yeah, so some it's some good odds getting around, and obviously when I when we I just want to see those first few races at Kembler and making sure it's not a leader bias or anything like that, um, which it has in the past. I'm not going to say all the time, so we'll just wait and see. Let's hope not for brutality's sake. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, all right. That's uh, that sounds good. What about should do you want to talk a bit about Ascot? Let's touch on Ascot quickly, and then we can. Um, the okay. punters will probably want to turn the podcast off of that. I reckon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know right, they so, probably want it to keep going, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so rails in the true, like I said before, we're getting. <coughs> excuse me. They had about five mils of rain today. They're expecting maybe 10 to 15 tomorrow and then it's going to be a nice sunny day on Saturday. So I reckon we're going to be dealing with a soft six. Now, like I said before in the potty, we've got the, the rail was at six metres last start. 
Um, it now comes back into the true position. So it'll be interesting to see how those first few races go because I know I mentioned before the um, that the horses on the rails there in that six-metre position just had the, the bias. So is this going to favour those horses coming down those outside lanes? I don't know. But you'll get a good idea in those early races anyway. So certainly something to look at. Okay. Now, Devoted's um, in the... Uh, in the it? WA Stakes, yeah. yeah. So I think... I'm not sure about him on the backup, but if you look at that field and going back through the replays, like I said, he was so unlucky last start. He was beaten by a very, very poor ride. I get what Pikey was trying to do by racing three wide, but he he didn't give the horse any chance. The fact that he battled on for third is is quite an amazing effort. Um, he's a horse that's got a really, really strong SP profile again, like we mentioned earlier. So I, I expect the market to be gravitated towards him and obviously Pikey on. Yeah, Pikey's on. Yeah, so he's he looks the horse to beat in that race. Um, he probably won't be a bet for me, but you can see why he's $2.92 favourite and um, in with Betfair and, and the rest of the horses are quite long odds. Yeah, might be time for Pikey to get back into form here, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And... Uh... So that's, yeah, we don't want to touch too much on that one. Do you want to no. go to the guineas? Yeah, there's a moral in this race. Amelia's jewel, simple as that. Ooh. She'll just yes. win. Just wins, yeah? Just wins. Hey, what happened to her last start? Um, barrier beater, poor ride by Patrick Carberry, given too much to do. Yeah, Laced okay. up heels actually ran really, really well last, last week against the track bias. So if you go back and watch Laced Up Heels, I forget what race it was, but um, Corbs, remember Corbs said that he was quite keen on it. It right, came yeah. down lane five or lane six and actually made up ground. It couldn't reel in those leaders, but it certainly made up a lot of ground. So you could almost say that form stacks up. She now drops to 54 and a half kilos, drawn barrier five to sit handy. Loves it, loves the track. She just wins. Oh, I love that. Lovely confidence. Um now, you'll get, you'll see the, there will be some support for Bustler, which is that undefeated gallop, and you yep. can never discount a, 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 one of those guys. But she's just got class. I think she's a proper, proper racehorse, and um, I just think she wins it. Okay, that's fantastic. Now, it's she's only short. I've got two twenty here. Yeah. Uh, is she going to be a bet for us or? Um, we'll wait to see what Corbin says. I don't want to kind of tread on his toes because I know he he does our the WA racing so. We could obviously talk about that, but if he's got one particular horse, I know in the railway stakes, I've got a horse that I'm quite keen on. Yep. So we could maybe do a two bet play even. Okay, yeah, fantastic. So what? What? Let's head over to the railway stakes then. Yeah, so sixteen hundred meter Group One. It's one of the weaker railway stakes that I've seen in recent times. Like, really, when you look at it, there's no <coughs> real superstars. Like Alaskan God, great horse. Don't quit. I won't question you on that, but. He's won a WA Derby over 2,400 metres. This is a 1,600-metre race. So I don't know whether he – I don't know. We'll see what his brilliance is like. I know he won his maiden over 1,400 and then went on a bit of an absolute um, – like ran on a like a bit of a run and, and was undefeated throughout last um, prep in, in the winter. But um, he was first up. He was really, really good in, in the Asian Bow, um, 1,400 metres on the 29th of October. Um, the barrier is a little bit of concern for me in barrier fourteen, so I don't, I don't, I don't know. I think, I think he's certainly one of the better horses in this race, but, but I, I'm not, I'm not sold on him being an absolute moral by by any means. That's for sure. God, it looks like a tough race. Yeah, the the horse that I'm actually really, really keen on is um, Ironclad. Remember we spoke yeah, about? Yeah, I was just about to say that they've taken yeah. him over there. Yeah, did you watch his run in the Cranbourne Cup? Yeah, I had him. Um... I had Mate, him in like was, his first four um, that day. They ran fourth. Yeah, I know. He, I, I got he, it. That's the that's the race I got the first four. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he did too. And you had a huge collect. Yeah, yeah. It was good. Yeah. Um, I thought his run in – I went back and watched that Cranberg up because obviously I missed it being flying. I thought his run was, had fuller merit. And we know that, that he was on a good deck again because, remember, he's been plagued by – well, he had an unlucky prep there, but – he he loves good decks. Simple as that. So yep. <coughs> I think he's a ripper chance. He's at 12, twelve. He's six from twelve on good. There you go. And he's drawn really nicely. He's on the quick backup. He 
I think he's a really, really good chance at the, at the odds that he's at. Yeah. What is he? What do you got for him there? I got uh, 11. What do you got? No, 13s yeah, got, and 13s there you, and 4s. There you go. So that's like a that's really, really good odds for a, for a horse who I think brings some quite good form coming over from from here from the, the eastern sides. Yeah, wow. That's and good if, to hear. If I, uh, yeah, so... I haven't been on him for a while, not since that first uh, that first sort of prep of his here. Yeah, so I, yeah, and he drops in weights. He's now carrying fifty. You can see Lockie Nindorf's on him at, at with fifty three kilos. Yep, yep. I'm yes. into that. I'm into that. Oracle. Yeah, yeah. So he, he's a good chance. So um, <clears throat> if I was playing quaddies, I'd, I'd probably just put Alaskan God and Ironclad in there and stand both, or just have those two. Yeah. Okay. Standout Amelia's Jewel. Yep, definitely. I've got a good feeling st- about the quaddies this weekend. Yeah, well, it's quite a good day to play playing quaddies, I reckon. Who else are you thinking about potentially standing out there? Devoted. Oh, yeah. Devoted, standout, Amelia's Jewel, standout, ironclad, Alaskan God, and then we can just, just go you could wide almost, in the last. Well, you could, you could almost just put the field, couldn't you? Yeah, 100%. And then just pray and hope our Norman gets up at third at whatever odds he is. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> what's he at eighty ones. Just pray he gets up yeah. and then we're laughing. <laughs> that could that could be the play actually. Yeah, it could be. Who knows? So yeah, I'll 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 do up some quaddies um, once I see the first few races because if it's just leader bias at certain tracks, then I'll just back leaders and we'll just chuck them in there. Yeah. Okay. Lovely. All right, mate. Well, uh, let's wrap it up. I'll uh, thanks again for coming on. I'll uh, wait to see what you send over, and we'll get some stuff up on the Instagram. Sounds like a plan. Okay, mate. Thanks. You the best. See you, bud. Bye.